Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined, as is typically so, by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. We're also joined by Shana Jackson, who last year took over as Artistic Director at Site Gallery in Sheffield. She's previously been involved in all manner of digital organisations, projects and escapades, and also happens to have her debut novel for children coming out in April 2019. Hello everybody. Hello. Hi. Hey. Um, before we uh, get on to uh, talking to you, Shauna, we need to mention where we are. Who's going to introduce where we are? It's quite exciting. <laughs> well, I love the name of this place. We're in Rebel Base Media's new podcast studio yeah. at Sheffield Tech Parks, which is a dedicated podcasting studio for the city. And apparently you can also get additional help if you want to do a, a podcast and you want help with your recording. They can do production help as well. Um, Ian, the notes say free space for the pilot stage. What does that mean? Yeah, so so this is a, a, a studio that's opened by Rebel Base Media, but it's in conjunction with Sheffield uh, Technology Parks, uh, which is where it's based. And, um, and the idea is that they're going to see what the uptake is like and get people using it and testing things out and all that kind of thing. And I think that's until the end of June. Um, uh, I will check and amend that in the show notes if I need to. But So that's up until the end of June. People can go online and book and, and use this space yeah. for, for free. It's all kitted out. We've got more soundproofing than we've ever had before. No ticking clocks, no slamming yeah. doors. Um, Bear in mind we had none before. That's yeah. <laughs> and we have a, a very swanky looking mixing board with lovely coloured lights on it it's and proper beautiful. headphones and microphones and everything. So I wonder if that's going to make us sound more professional. What do you think, guys? Doubtful. <laughs> So highly unlikely, but um, we should also say thanks to, after disparaging their meeting room, we should say thank you to uh, <laughs> to Birchnell Howden, who where we've uh, been doing this for the last uh, year yeah, and a half. Absolutely. So, um, so uh, thanks, Neil, for letting us use your meeting room. Thank you, Birchnell Howden. Um, uh, it's been great, and uh, it's exciting to be to be here and trying this as well, trying something new. That's it. So next, Shana. Thank you for joining us. Oh, absolute pleasure. Um, it's uh, really great to have you on the show. Uh, you've been creator of Site Gallery for, uh, well, how long is it? I, I joined as the artistic director in July 2018, so six, seven, eight months. I can't count, clearly. Uh, six, okay. seven, eight, nine months. That's close enough, I yeah. think. Well, it's first of March, so yeah. Yeah, another one's ticked over <laughs> just while we've been sat here. No, oh. the time is just running away. It's really running away. It's nearly a year. Well, there we go. Almost a year. Um, before we get onto that, we, we should probably have a, a little potted history okay. Can you give us give us a bit of a bit of background kind of how you in ended 1981 up? exactly that's where we should start okay. <laughs> team of crack commanders <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I was born in Luton I went to university at Sussex in at the turn of the century where I did English and media studies after I graduated I stayed on in Brighton for a few years I worked at the university and then in digital at a company called Epic where we did e-learning um, lots of dressed up multiple choice basically for many years then moved up to London um, worked as a communications communications agency and then on to Tate Gallery where I spent seven years there, lovely seven years. I became um, the editor of a platform called Tate Kids, which I devised with the aim of getting young children um, into arts and via our collection and our exhibitions at the same time, because unfortunately, as we know, the arts don't pay very well. I had a side company where I worked with commercial clients, including Eon and Renault and all sorts of, of, of companies. So, um, yeah, I've been working in arts, digital and publishing um, for, for many years, always with the through line of trying to get um, disengaged and diverse audiences to be interested in, in, in those sectors. Fantastic. And, um, and so, um, I guess, um, how did you end up in Sheffield? Well, I love Sheffield. 
Um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Like a, a truth is that um, Jarvis Cocker made me come here. I know I loved I loved pulp for many years when I was growing up, and so I'd like listen to Sheffield Sex City and list of all the places that he would talk about. And I thought I'd love to go to Sheffield one day. <laughs> so um, exotic, yeah. Like, Attercliffe, oh yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> and uh, I um, have been coming to Sheffield for years. I've been on the advisory committee for the Children's Media Conference for about seven years and I've joined the board of DocFest about a year and a half ago so I've always um well not always but I've been coming up for many years and I really like the city um and when I knew that Laura was leaving Sight Gallery I really wanted the, the job so I was <laughs> so pleased to get it and I remember like squealing like a pig in the ear of the, our director of um our board Tom Fleming when he called me back to say I got the job so I'm really pleased to be here. I love it up here. It's great. So I, I guess first I was aware of you is when you and Emma Von Coops mm. were doing Playground yeah, at yeah. CMC. Yeah, so so that how that came around. So I, I along with Cathy from CMC and, mm. and the advice group, advisory committee, always wanted to do something public-facing. It feels odd that we would have a children's media conference every year in the city and the children of the city weren't involved in mm. any capacity. Yeah. Um, so there are there are um, uh, similar um, festivals around the world. Um, example, Cinekid in Amsterdam, and what was um, Digital Play at TIFF. And we thought, yeah, we've, we're really well versed to be able to do something for kids with our with CMC. So the playground show has been running now for this will be the fourth year. It's coming home to Site Gallery, where it started in 2016, and it will be um, held in the main gallery, our big space, and around the gallery as well, without giving too much away. Um, but we are extending the show for two weeks this year, so instead of just being here for one, oh, we'll great. be here for two, and then next year we're looking to extend it further. It's really important that we get as many children across the city to get come to Playground. So, I mean, a lot of your background is in tech and mm. or digital expression of art and culture and and also doing things for kids. Yeah. And the site gallery is very kind of contemporary, you know, mm. serious it, well, art establishment. Is it? <laughs> well, maybe not so it much seems. now. No, exactly. Hi. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. The site gallery has, it's a, it's, the, you know, our remit is new media, moving image and performance. So what we do is inherently digital. Um, and because I have a strong participation background and digital background, um, that we're going to absolutely weave that into the fabric of our being and our core. Um, it's something that's always been within our remit. And I feel that my um, duty stroke passion is to really bring those things up. So we're going to really like amp up what it means to be a new media gallery, what it means to be a performance gallery and what it means to be a moving image gallery. I think moving image is exemplified brilliantly by our current exhibition recollections, which looks back at three um, women artists who have um, worked with Site Gallery at a really pivotal point in their career and have now gone on to much uh, success and they're moving image artists. And um we are committed to our other forms within our remit just as much. So um, this is a bit of a reveal, I guess, but um, we are uh, having, the way our year is split is split into three seasons. Okay. So Recollections is on now and it will shut in May. 
And the next season is what we're calling partnership season. So we will we we will be working with Docfest and hosting alternate realities um, at Site Gallery. And again, next year we'll look at extending the dates of that. So again, more people can come mm-hmm. and visit it. Uh, July we'll have uh, CMC. Um, and in August we will have um, what we call the Freelands Programme. So the Freelands um, Artist Programme is um, a sum of money awarded to site alongside S1, Block and Yorkshire Art Space to All develop right. 20 artists over five years. So we've got that. So we're really interested in what partnership season can do. Mm. And it's a really good opportunity, um, particularly with some of the te- with, with DocFest and CMC, to define what new media is and how we can really work with those festivals to push the boundaries of that form. Mm. That's really interesting because, you know, I guess to an extent, both CMC and DocFest have kind of, you know, made their reputation on pushing the boundaries Mm. of what film means and what children's medium means. Absolutely. So to have a a, a gallery, an artistic space um, that is kind of dedicated to exploring that and bringing that to a broader audience than just delegates and opening up to the city and to young people and to people from different backgrounds to get involved um, that's really exciting. Yeah, well, it's my dream. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> having, yeah, really, like, um, I guess uh, there's a, there was a really interesting tweet the other day from Claire Reddington, who's the CEO at Watershed down in Bristol. Yeah. And she was saying that she was looking at an application form with the Arts Council and digital was only referenced in terms of marketing and infrastructure and it wasn't considered alongside art. And, As a you know, creative form. Yeah, which is crazy and maybe there's just like a lack of criticality around digital stuff as it's still very much an emerging practice but that's something that we as a site gallery can help to push mm-hmm. and i think that those collaborations will hopefully get us in the way of in a way to do that mm-hmm. so do you think there's an opportunity for sheffield to be seen as being at the front of that push i hope so i hope so i mean that's why we get i mean my my um personal um Preferences aside, I mean, that's very much the point of what we try and do at Site Gallery. We're trying to push um, emerging talent and emerging ways of thinking and um, those partnerships enable us to do that. So do you think there needs to be more collaboration between the artistic community in the city and the digital community or do you think there's enough crossover there already? Well, I'm a big fan of partnerships. I feel that it doesn't make sense to... I'm putting a in called struggle by yourself. I think it's always worth finding a partner who has the same aims or is coming at a problem from a different angle to you and you can solve it together. It just makes it more attractive to potential audience members if if it's you know if there's more facets mm-hmm. if you know there's more spokes to a hub. So I'm a big fan of partnerships. So I wouldn't say that there are too many partnerships, not being aware of the partnerships that are already happening in the city. I'm still quite new in that perspective about knowing all the ins and outs of what's gone on before. But, you know, I'm always very keen to talk to people, understand where they're coming from and think about how we can align perhaps on programme or on audience development or on other goals. Mm -hmm. I'd like to pick up on the topic around audience development. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm on the trustees of the showroom cinema now very recently and one of the things that gets discussed quite a lot is attracting a broader audience and a more diverse audience Mm -hmm. to the cinema so what about attracting a more of the entire Sheffield 
yeah. demographic to come down to site gallery. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it's an evergreen problem in the arts. Like how do we get new people to come through the doors? And I think there are a number of factors involved in that. There, you can't rest on your laurels and assume that because you put out an ad that said, oh, X, Y, Z, then you know you're going to reach other people. You need to go to the communities yeah. and be part of the communities where people are. And remember that you're actually part of that community too. And when you go to places and say, why don't you come to um, my institution? You need to be doing it in a very careful way. Mm. So like we are very keen. We have a van called the Art Van, which I love it. Um, and we go to community festivals and we um, co-create programming and work within communities with the hope that they will then be interested in coming back to site gallery. So it's like, I keep talking about this internally and everyone rolls their eyes, but it's like in creating like an ecosystem of engagement so we go out but then there are events for people to come back to and like constantly thinking about that loop and making that loop you know what it's like onboarding i think going back to like my digital days i always think about onboarding mm -hmm. and it's like how do i onboard people into site and how do i retain how do i retain them yeah, yeah. and what's their dwell time <laughs> and i really think of it as a digital design problem and it's re it's the parallels between yeah digital design and artistic strategic gallery management are quite similar actually no, I, I think that's really interesting and you know taking the the thoughts of, of about digital design mm. and thinking about there is a role for digital to play not just in creating the artworks or you know in collaborations between digital and, and artists but also in the whole thing of engagement yeah it's, absolutely you know and bringing taking site gallery out and then bringing people back in again yep. doesn't just have to be about the physical space does absolutely it absolutely not yeah absolutely not no i've been really yeah there are lots of parallels that i've been drawing between experiences at the moment it's been really quite fun thinking about it and then thinking around ways that you can bring like um i guess like digital uh, company practices into an art gallery so like we started using slack and <laughs> it's quite it's, yeah. it, you know like maintaining slack and starting a medium and and those kinds of things which w you take for granted when you work in a digital company like of course you're on slack of course <laughs> and then you know it's quite um it's quite different for people who have been working in arts and culture perhaps mm -hmm. um solely mm. and the ability to to collaborate with other people mm. using shared platforms shared mm. documents yeah, you know, yeah edit them you know collaboratively oh my god <laughs> google docs <laughs> it's like google docs is my life <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's now everybody else's life too. Yeah. <laughs> How's that gone down? We love, we love Google Docs. Everyone does Google Docs. Yeah, we love Google Docs. We talk about should we switch our server to Dropbox and what that means. And yeah, there's a lot of um, organisational um, elements to look at through a digital eye as well. Mm. Um, are other galleries all across the country um, uh, employing artistic directors with this kind of knowledge? It seems to me like quite an quite an advantage to oh. to have that kind of background. Um, I I don't know. There was this. Okay, the, I'm not being like pompous, but go for it. No one's. There, there can was, be. There, no, no, no. It's, I, I hate talking about myself, but there was there was like um, an article in Freeze Magazine, which is an arts magazine, and they were they called me like a zeitgeisty hire because they're like, <laughs> zeitgeisty. Oh, she's like a. You gotta have that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, zeitgeist hire. Like, oh, she's um like post millennial. Um, post-millennial um you know with this participation in digital background and i was like post-millennial please i'm old <laughs> but, um, this reflects very well on sheffield you know. <laughs> but yeah well i was like well maybe it is new and it's really it's oh, without again saying sounding vain i'm really pleased that i am being 
I'm here and I'm able to try and figure this out with site gallery and, and, and bring other partners on for th to this journey as well mm -hmm. with me. And I'm really, I really want to be open about what it is that we, we do and what we're trying to do. And when we work with people, being clear about what it is we're trying to do, you know, just changing the perceptions of culture yeah. and just being a place where people can come and, and hang out. It's a public space. It's, it's for people. Mm. It's not for, it's not, you know, my not personal for just these people, but Yeah. It's for everyone. People. Yeah. So how do I make it feel like that? So um, do you feel, how alone or not do you feel in doing this? Because I mean, this, it seems to me that there's a lot of people involved in digital arts and culture in Sheffield mm -hmm. and Sheffield's got quite a strong story to tell about mm -hmm. um, digital artists and, and, you know, their history and think, you know, things that have happened over the last 20 years in trying to develop digital as an art form and a creative form of expression. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a community of people that get it, that they, there's like fertile ground for your ideas? Yeah, well, there's absolutely, yeah. I'm not, to. I don't feel like, oh, I've come up here and I'm going to change it by myself or, or look at her. She's come up from London with her London ways and she's going to like <laughs> teach like Sheffield people how it's done. Like, absolutely not. Like you guys, I, the, one of the first things I did was join the Sheffield Digital Slack. Yeah. So I've been, uh, been involved in that and looking at that and our board um, has Soul Cousins on it and other yeah. people and, um, you know, like you say, Emma Cooper's here and the Doc Fest is here and CMC is here. So it's a really... Um, it's just a really, I hate the word fertile, but it's kind of, I used it. It's a fertile ground and everybody's, um, just really open to doing things and having conversations. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah. So I'm, I'm and, um, very happy. I've been having some conversations recently about the significance of the, um, uh, the national video game museum mm, moving mm. here. Um, I, I think it's starting to dawn on some people at policy level in the city that that's a real catalyst for um, bringing digital culture creation to um, yeah. more disadvantaged parts of the city and giving people a, a way of expressing their culture better and reclaiming some culture yeah. um, through that. Uh, I don't know whether you've um, you know, spoken to the guys at the yeah, NBM absolutely. or so there's a relationship there. When, when we heard they were moving from Nottingham, yeah. we were yeah. like, I, you know, I personally was like, yes. This is great. And in our office, um, we rent um, offices to other people. So mm. Bone Loaf, yes. who are, you know, brilliant, are in the office next door. I love them very much. So, you know, they're doing a lot of work with NVM too. Went to the opening. I've met Ian. Yeah. And yeah. we're hoping mm. to do something together during Playground. So we need to, f you know, he's very busy sure. and we need to figure out what that is. And again, thinking about partnerships, you know, do we put, one of our works in NVM for the duration of our exhibition. Do they want to put one here? Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out because th this year the theme of Playground is Game Changers. Um, and it, because Site Gallery is 40 this year, we're looking at seminal remakes or reversioning of games over the last 40 years. So oh. there'll be games like um, Snake Pit, which is like the Nokia version of Snake, but mm. as a big playable experience and um, lots of other things that I'm not going to tell you about until <laughs> June. Can you but come back and tell us when you can? Yeah, 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 of course. Because it just sounds awesome. It's going to be good and it's going to be two weeks and we're going to have, obviously, obviously it's for kids, but obviously there's going to be like a late night drinking element for us <laughs> adults too. So um, that will be fun. My wife is going to be thrilled about the snake pit. One of the one of the first things she told me when we met uh, 16 years ago was uh, that she was able to complete snake entirely. That was on that was on a list of things to impress me with. Oh wow! I mean, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she obviously had your number. Yeah, indeed, I married her straight away. Yeah, absolutely. 
we talked about all the stuff that's going on in Sheffield, and I do, it, it does feel like there is. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I kind of I've written a book. Am I allowed to say that? Am I yes. To say that? Oh, no, yes. you're never allowed. Of course you are. Okay. Do I find a chance every week to say? <laughs> um, but but the cultural side of thing, we had a, we had a, a someone ask on Slack this week the age old question of what is digital, and and it was in the uh. context of what is Sheffield digital. Actually, mm. it was a really interesting question. Yes. Um, and I just. Um, not to try and answer that question now, but the idea that there is the, the digital, the, there is the tech side of it, but also just the idea of helping people use Slack or like just the idea yeah. of just digital tools and how that can change. I think the change bit is, is um, the main bit, like the important bit. Mm. Um, I was wondering if um, uh, with with Side Gallery and, and and the word there, and maybe this is be interesting to hear what sort of exhibitions are coming up, but mm-hmm. but how how um, how techy they are, I guess, and like, is is it where does it things stand on the kind of yeah, the, the so cultural this, text sort of scale so i think a lot about digital as in what is digital and what does digital mean for a gallery that says and is new media moving image and performance so to me the direction i'm moving the gallery in is that digital is a dimension of everything that we do and is completely inherent in the forms of of, of work that we show um there is not um, any more um, a digital role because everybody has responsibility for being digital. So we have, you know, we have our social media and we're pl- active on those platforms. But our curator also has to be aware of technology, technological advancements because that informs the work and the artists who we work with. So it's um, digital as a dimension of every, everything was a paper that... Um, my former boss John Stack wrote at Tate that we contrib- that I contributed to, um, which basically said that, which was you know curators, um, uh, front of house, everybody has to have digital elements of their job. It cannot be contained by a single department, and I think that's something that we're really leaning into. So, how techy our exhibitions will be going forward? It depends. So, I think that the the techy the the techy stuff will probably be part of partnership season, so with DocFest and with CMC. But for us, and I think for CMC and DocFest, it's not necessarily about tech first, it's about concept and story first. And then how does new technology support that or advance that concept? So, we want, it, you know, there is always that danger with CMC that it becomes like a um, trade fairy mm. or like, yeah, or like, oh, okay, well, wow, look at this new toy. And that's not the point for me. It's like, okay, look, this is a cool experience or a nice story and tech happens to develop that concept and push it forward. Um, so yeah, you won't, we won't do a show or work with an artist because they've got like the latest VR headset. They have to be telling an interesting story or that headset needs to be doing something for us. Does that make sense? That, yeah. that makes absolute sense. And I think it should apply not just across the arts and culture, but generally for the whole world, mm. because tech should never be tech for its own sake. Right. The reason I like working in tech is because of what it allows us to exactly, do. Same. And because of the change that we can bring about. And also the fact that sometimes that change is either not so good or goes in a direction we don't anticipate. And then we need to be ready to respond to it. Mm. But it, with this this question in the Slack about what is digital, my favourite answer, by the way, was it means you have fingers, which I thought was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank you to, to, I can't remember who it was, but thank you. That made me laugh. Um, but it's it's a hard question to answer because mm. it is everything but mm. at the same time as a sector 
we want to be recognised as being a sector. Mm. So I quite often have this problem when I'm talking to policymakers locally, regionally, nationally, is they, they're like, well, if digital applies across everything, if technology is embedded across everything, why do we need to pay attention to you as a sector in your own right? And I still don't have a good answer yeah, to I'm that like, question, Ooh. other than the fact that because I say so, mm, and mm. I know what, of which I speak. Um, so when, when we get to talk about collaborations and about digital as an enabler in storytelling and digital as an enabler in culture, mm. then I find that really encouraging but at the same time, yeah, well, I don't want us to end up being completely subsumed. Absolutely. But maybe it's still about... So when we wrote that paper, Digital, it's Dimension of Everything, we were still a department. And I, we, that, I think that department still exists at Tate. That department was called Digital Programmes. So we thought a lot about, well, what do we become if we say that digital is a dimension of everything um, are we then like a service department are we like an IT department we weren't so I kind of think that we re repurposed ourselves as being almost like an agency within the gallery where people could come for consultancy with us and we would make we would handhold people through projects and get the other departments to understand the purpose and point and reason behind some of the things that we were doing because you know as you can imagine we get loads of people coming to us saying oh we want an app <laughs> want an app well, what do you want an app to do oh i don't know want an app yeah want apps are cool get you know <laughs> it's like oh my god no not you know we're not doing that you can have a mobile website for that exhibition you know you don't need an app who oh god Again, flashbacks. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I wonder if, if the positioning is, is about still about expertise and, mm -hmm. and I guess, managing change and like a defining legacy in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, like are we, digital people, um, I guess having the foresight to measure and track some of these ubiquitous changes I'm rambling at this point, but I found it a really interesting question. I'm really yeah. going to think about it a lot yeah, today. It's, it's I, I think, sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I, I, just, I think I think there's a there's a there's a tension here with with the, the kind of the inverse. So that that's you know thinking about the perspective of you know what is the what is the the significance of digital to the arts, mm. but I think there's also a question of what is the significance of the arts to to Did the tech industry. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting question as well, um, and. I think it's much neglected because I think the arts and creative expression or creative repurposing of technologies can tell us an awful lot about what those technologies are capable of, what they could be used for in in imaginative hands, what they could mm. be used for in maybe um, you know bad hands, um, uh, as as a means to explaining what the technology actually does that, yeah. and making it visible to <laughs> people it, that have it? no other way of engaging with it. Mm. I think it's of huge importance, and and so I I almost think it like you know this kind of like technology driven or challenge driven forms of innovation. I mm. think I think there's a there's a you know there's there's both of those things are intention in the arts world as well. Yeah, I think absolutely. it would be great to get more more relationships and partnerships going with with digital artists and communities mm. and technology providers to take a technology, maybe an industrial technology or not not a kind of technology that would ordinarily be used to tell a story. Yeah. 
you know, not one that comes from the visual yeah, exactly, arts world, exactly. but a completely different technology. Yeah, like how could we use 5G network? Yeah, how could we do that? How could we use a, a citywide internet of things? Yeah, how could yeah, we use absolutely. drone technology to tell a story? Come work with us. <laughs> Can I? Yeah, well, you know, we have oh, a... I want to. Yeah. Why does Chris get to do it? <laughs> no, well, we, we, are, we have a programme. <laughs> fight you for it. <laughs> we have a programme. Chris, that was a... Sorry, that was a, She will win. <laughs> I know. Scary, very scary. Uh, I talk big. Sorry, sorry, Sean. No, it's all right. We have an initiative called City of Ideas that we lead, but we run with um, other um, companies along the cultural industries quarter. We're really interested in what change can we make um, to that quarter via digital is is a a big element of it. Um, And we have an excellent uh, team leading that. Uh, Greg Povey, who I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, Greg Povey and Robin Haddon are doing a great job. Um, so I'm sure they'll be talking to you about b- both of you um, <laughs> about that. It'd be great to actually, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link that up. I'd love to back. know more about that because mm. I was involved in some of the early meetings when oh, right. uh, the funding first came through. Right. And I was very keen at that point because of the redevelopment that's actually going on along Peyton Oster Row. Mm for um, sensor technology to be embedded into the new street furniture mm-hmm. so that people could build experiences that would be location-based. So you could be wandering past there with your phone and something cool would happen mm. um, or lights would come on or mm. you could change the colours of the lights or something like that. That kind of thing gets me yeah. ridiculously excited. Mm. So if, if there are plans like that, I'd love to wow. know. Watch this space. Yes. Ooh. And speak to, yeah, I think, yeah, we should come and speak to Greg mm. and the team. Yeah, there's a, there are a lot of similarities. In yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, before we, before we uh, wrap up, um, we need to talk about, about your book, which is actually oh. far more important and relevant than whatever I was talking about earlier on. Went nowhere. Um, you have a, a novel coming out. Yeah. Tell us about it. How did it come about? Okay, so I've got, a, it's, it's for children, for children um, 9 to 12, so it's middle grade, and it's called High Rise Mystery. And it was, it's it's about two young sisters who find a body in their trash chute on their estate on the hottest summer of record. Um, so it's it's a it's a murder mystery uh, for for young people, and it came about. Um, I was approached by um, a brand new publisher called Knights of, who are really they've got an initiative called Read the One Percent. Um, Last year, only 1% of children's books featured a protagonist who was black or ethnic minority, um, which is pretty bad, to say the least. So um, they came to me and said, do you fancy writing a book? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got, got some bodies in my closet. And uh, and so here it is, and it comes out on April the 4th. And actually, the, it was really, I want to say fun, but it wasn't that fun. It was interesting writing the, the story. And uh, the, the bit I loved the most, actually, was planning the estate and the estate map and um, looking at, I was really inspired by um, the streets in the sky at Park Hill. Mm -hmm. So they focus quite heavily, like they focus heavily. Um, They're called avenues in the air in my book. And uh, yeah, thinking about estate design and again, Sheffield really been at top of mind when I was working on that story, even though I was down South, but yeah, it comes out on April 4th and I was talking to Ian about it earlier and yeah, it's really, um, it's new for me and it's 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 a strange experience it's it's nice and it's it's people have been really positive about it but um be, it feels really uh i feel quite naked and exposed <laughs> oh my God. yeah it's, it's a lot emotionally 
it's quite different to working in teams or even leading teams. It's yeah, just a, it's, it's a, so a, different. I mean, the, and I was saying, and you know, like when you write a book, it's not just you writing a book. There's a whole team, an agent and publishers and PR, and there's a lot of people in it with me. But still, it feels very like. <gasps> people have the opportunity to put literal stars next to your work. Yeah, they did yesterday, and it's just terrifying. And I just gotta, I just gotta get used to it. You know, grow some ovaries and like push forward. <laughs> and, like, it'll be fine. You know, it's a very privileged thing to be nervous about, isn't it? So uh, I'll get on with it. Well, huge, huge respect to both of you for doing it in oh, the first place. Oh, true, I, I don't deserve that, Chris. Come on, it was, this was seven <laughs> years do. ago. Come on, Ian, Ian, plug your book as well because no, 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 you no. never get to. Go on, Ace Angelica. There's a, link, there's a link in the show notes, don't worry. It's great. <laughs> I'll tell you, someone who didn't know you as an author before anything else was Ian Simmons from the NVM, wasn't he? He did. That was an embarrassing moment right, when we went for that interview. That's true. That is true. <laughs> right. I'm suitably embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming to uh, oh, talk to pleasure. us. It's it was really, so really, fun. really, really interesting. And um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll set those meetings up. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. No, really it's okay. Great talking to you well, and hearing you about likewise. everything. Thank you. Okay, on to the news and events. Um, and there is uh, lots of good stuff. So the Sheffield Digital Showcase, the second one, has um, you've just announced the date. Yes. Tell us more. Uh, so it's going to be on the 21st of March, uh, so Thursday 21st. Um, same time, uh, arrival from 5.30, uh, talks from 6, uh, food from 7, close at 8. Um, and yeah, it's our second showcase event. So this is the event where we try and highlight some in- interesting and important things that are being uh, made in Sheffield um, in the tech sector across uh, every form of expression. So um uh, so yeah, so we've got, um, I've got a, a couple of um, projects that are confirmed and a couple that I'm waiting on confirmation from. So um, I can tell you about the ones that are confirmed um, and the ones that I'm hoping to get confirmed in the next couple of days. Um, but uh, also uh, I want to talk about very briefly how we're changing the format of it. So in the um, in the first event that we did, there were 10 minute talks um, presenting from stage um, and we did audio recordings and we released a podcast special with the audio. Um, but for this one, we're going to try and be much more um, kind of interactive. Um, so so rather than have the presenters give presentations, I've asked them to, to um, send us five images or very short videos if they, they want to. Um, and then it's going to be kind of talk show style so, um, and several of these projects, there are multiple people involved. So there'll be a sofa and they'll sit on them and talk to me about, or basically explain the, the images to me and the audience and, you know, give us an opportunity to ask some questions, translate a little bit, dig into the, you know, the, the meat of what, what the project is about. Um, and it kind of, it makes it, I think it will make it a much easier format to convert into media so one of the issues we had in the first event was that some of the uh, information and images in the presentations weren't cleared for publication, so we couldn't we couldn't shoot video and include them. But we're having we're having the the sessions properly audio recorded, and we're having them properly videoed. So we'll put videos out about each of them, um, and hopefully they'll all fit into ten minutes as well. So we'll get through. I'm looking at five uh, five presentation interview things in the hour that we've got. I guess it's easier to manage that if you're on stage there doing it with it, them. It is, yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, the, the presenters in the first in the first um, 
show were great. They stuck to time really well. Um, but of course, there was no opportunity to ask questions or to really interrogate what was going on. So I, I just felt that was missing a little bit. And uh, some of the concepts are quite hard to get across to a general interest audience. Um, so I want to kind of tease that out a little bit. I just, you know, want to have an opportunity to to kind of just get them to translate a little bit sometimes when they're talking about things that, that mean something in the context of their technology or, or, or their project. Um, so a couple of things that, that we're that we that we've confirmed um so uh the guys at hive it are going to be talking about their new alpha project with the department for education um so they've just delivered a big um user research and service design prototyping um project for them and they've just been certified to to take that forward so that's, that's a really interesting insight into how um you know government departments are using technology and how small agencies very specialist agencies are, are kind of um, working to develop new ways of engaging and new ways of, of delivering services. So I think that'd be really interesting. Um, we've also got uh, Nimble, uh, who uh, have been involved in a year-long digital transformation um, project for a water pump supplier in India. Wow. Yeah. So this is this is like really basic technology that is of huge importance in you know to to maintain plumbing and irrigation and push water around uh, in, in India. Um, and it's a very well-established old school, you know, like legacy company that have 1,200 service centres and shops in all sorts of, you know, some very rural places in, around India. Um, and um, Nimble Approach have been involved in putting a kind of a consortium or team together that have completely changed the operating model, uh, changed the branding, changed the back-end technology, introduced, you know, digital asset tracking, changed the way um, the product are uh, sold, how they're serviced, um, and built a, a, a back-end, and then brought .NET developers from India over to the UK um, to get them embedded in the development team to co design and develop the software that they're going to be maintaining and expanding and all the culture change that's gone along with that like you know how how indian um developers are different how they think differently and how how they've adapted to the way that things are done so i think it's a really fascinating kind of real proper example of digital transformation in in an industrial company um there's all there's a few more i i i'm hoping I mean, they, they approached us to do this. I'm really hoping that um, we'll get Twinkle there as well, talking about um, their little red augmented reality educational software and, and how that's been kind of developed out of a side project, really. I think, you know, like an experiment has turned into something that is a really, really big driver of growth for them. Um, and a few other bits and pieces. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good programme. Um, it's going to be exciting and interesting and hopefully the format will work and everybody have a good time and tickets are on sale. Well, not on sale, they're free. Uh, and it's, again, it's, um, we're doing it in conjunction with the platform at the workstation. So as part of their digital and, and creative um, business networking event. Uh, so they're providing the venue and the food and everything. And that's on Thursday, the 21st of March. Thursday, 21st of March from 5.30. And yeah, if you go to Sheffield Digital's website, there's, a, there's a, an announcement about it there. Fantastic, and um, and uh, I'm hoping to go this time. I couldn't make it last time, but I'm hoping to be there. Um, what should we talk about next? Quarterly briefing. Quarterly briefing, yes. So 
So it's the other thing, other major thing that I'm working on at the moment, um, which is, I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast before, possibly not. We mentioned it, um, <clears throat> is it briefly. Did we? Did we? <laughs> briefly. Thank hang, uh, on, hang on a second. Hang on a second. We're in this new studio. Hang on. Oh, my button didn't work. It's supposed to give me a round of applause. I'm just pressing buttons like a chimp. <laughs> don't, don't just press random buttons. Oh, no. Something awful will happen. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to have to Why twice embarrass myself today. <laughs> You must have pressed some other random buttons to make it not work. I think all the lights have gone off in reception. <laughs> Chris, tell us about the quarterly briefing, yeah, so, please. So, um, so it's a it's a publication for policymakers um, uh, nationally and re- regionally um, to basically provide uh, a briefing and uh, an update on the tech sector in Sheffield. Um, so, you know, what's going on, what the headlines, um, economic statistics are, uh, what the what the um, what the important priorities are for the next period, um, also give an impression of of the sector spatially, um, and each quarter will focus on a different kind of you know topic. Um, so it could be it could be where the where the specialisms are across the sector in Sheffield, what, you know what it's known for, or it could be looking at a particular subsector, or it could be looking at um, you know startups in a particular area, um, and so so yeah, it'll be it'll be a, an online publication. It'll go out on on social media in social media cards, um, but it'll also be a print publication that will be sent out to MPs and, um, you know, ministers and uh, people in DCMS and BASE and uh, Digital Catapult and Technation and all the other, you know, relevant um, organisations. Just, you know, to keep a a steady heartbeat of information coming out of Sheffield to say there's stuff going on here, there's things you might want to pay attention to. Uh, And we're hoping that it'll be produced to a really good standard so people, I mean, I I don't even, I'm not even that bothered if people just throw it straight in the bin because the fact that it exists and, and it's being produced and it's arriving on their desk is important. But if they open it and look at it, they'll get some really, you know, actionable and tangible information about what's what's going on here, uh, and keep it in the front of their mind, and also give us an opportunity to kind of uh, to to highlight the lobbying points that, yeah. that are really important to the sector at the moment. And so we're doing that in conjunction with Economy.Chef uh, and some of the you know Sheffield's businesses and Invest Sheffield um, and. Uh, we want we want it to be sustainable. We want to do it every three months, um, and we want to offer sponsorship. So there's a sponsorship package associated. So if if companies want to want to sponsor it, um, get in touch with me, and, uh, and we'll talk about how much it costs and and how we see it happening, and and how it's all going to kind of look in practice. Um, I put a post up last week um, to say that we're looking for a design partner to help make this you know make this happen. Um, and I'm happy to say that we have a design partner, uh, so Field Design, who are also developing the um, Digital Design Festival, which is scheduled for May, I think, isn't it? The 19th? It is, yeah. Starting 19th of May. Not the 19th, no, 17th. 17th of May, You're sorry. stealing my thunder. Oh, Be quiet, Chris. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so they're, they're helping us develop this, um, as well as the, the Digital Design Festival. And they're great, and I'm, I'm really excited about it what it can be. So we're hoping to get the first edition out for the end of April, looking at Q1 2019. Fantastic. Do you need to go? I do need to go. I have a meeting in 10 minutes. Okay. Go. Bye. Fly. Fly like the wind. See you later. Have a good weekend. Go silently.
There's <laughs> enough soundproofing in here. And then there were two of us. Absolutely. <laughs> Eventually, Ian will be here all on his own, playing with the buttons on the mixing pad. Just slowly trying to find a way to give myself a round of uh, artificial applause. We should make sure we do that before the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Chris touched on this um, earlier, and you are going to give us the information in detail, Mel. So the digital awards as launched by the Sheffield Star. Yeah, so um, hopefully everyone will have seen or heard about this by now. Um, this is something that we're doing in collaboration with the Sheffield Star newspaper, and it is their thing and it was their idea and they approached us to um, help and support with it which we're very keen to do because we think it's long overdue that the city has um, a set of awards that are specifically for the digital industries. It's set out to be very very simple low-key informal to get involved in so there's a you can nominate yourself or you can nominate someone else. Um, there's a very short form to fill in. Um, there's no complicated things to give and you don't have to talk about your turnover or anything like that. It's just who you are and why you think you deserve an award or who the person you're nominating is and why they deserve an award. Um, and then the all of the awards will, all of the nominations, sorry, will be collected in. And the judging is going to be done by a panel made up of the organisations who are sponsoring. So I want to stress that no one from Sheffield Digital is involved in the judging. So we are completely separate from the process. Therefore, you can speak to me or anybody about whether you which category should you enter and what, how might you enter and that kind of thing. And we're more than happy to help with that. I'm really keen that as many people as possible enter, because even if you don't win this time round, you're going to be on the radar of the Sheffield Star, um, on the radar generally of everything that's going on. If we can make this an overwhelming success, then the Star are going to do it again. And it becomes the building block for an important thing on the awards calendar in Sheffield and puts us alongside some of the other industries that have their own awards as well. So, so far, when I checked in with David Walsh at the Star, he said he'd had about uh, nine completed entries and 13 in progress. And I know that there are a lot more of you out there than that. So please take 10 minutes this evening after you've listened to this podcast and just go on, have a look at the categories and see if there's something you'd like to enter. There's um, a blog post on the Sheffield Digital website about it that will have a link or I'm sure there'll be something in the show notes as well. Just to mention who's sponsoring so far, they are um, XLN, Barclays, Sheffield Hallam University and Sheffield City Council. And David's still looking for one other sponsor. So if you'd like to get your name on the event, get in touch with David Walsh. So that's it really. Um, the actual uh, awards event is on the 2nd of May and it'll be in the co-host space at Collider down at Castle House. And it's, as David would describe it, uh, no tie required, very laid back, very casual, fun kind of evening. So um, make sure that you're there. Fantastic. And on March the 28th, um, it is the uh, University of Sheffield's Careers Insight Day. Yeah, so this is a complete change of tack really from awards and, and fun and games. But um, the University of Sheffield is very keen to encourage their students to consider the broad range of career options that are available to them that might not be obvious from the actual course that they're studying. Um, so the, the event is on Thursday the 28th of March from 3 until 6 and they're inviting people from all kinds of different industries but they would really like at least two digital companies to be there. 
Um, so there's an opportunity to do some networking. The, then the students arrive and you can just talk about your company, the sort of occupations and roles that there are within your company and the routes that students can take into those roles, regardless of what they're studying. And the university really would like to have our involvement because they're keen to build stronger links with the digital sector and raise the profile of the local digital sector with students and encourage them to stay. So if you'd like to take part in that, um, we'll put details in the show notes of who you should get in touch with at the university. See, I actually think there is a strong link between this type of thing and the awards. I think it's a good reason to do the awards is to actually show the city's graduates and young people that these, look at the companies that you can work for if you stick around in Sheffield. Sheffield has this reputation as a place where people stay after they've been to university. And I, th- I think think it's with foundation. But I don't know if anyone really, when you're leaving university in Sheffield, whether you would just automatically know about all the different digital and tech companies that you can work for. And so that's apart from obviously the glory and the wonder of having an award. The, 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 that it exists for me is it's as much about just showing the world or the, the region at least yeah. um, that uh, look at all these companies in Sheffield look at all the work that goes on in Sheffield I think you're so right and I think as well it's it ties in with what Chris is doing with the quarterly briefing because again that's just making it really clear to as many people as possible that there is a thriving digital industry in this city that it's growing it's expanding it covers all kinds of different sorts of companies and it's it's too easy for us to get overlooked as, you know, yes, we're one of the core northern cities, but we're not one of the larger ones. Um, our, I'm going to be slightly careful about how I say this. Um, some of the uh, organisations and people who represent us on the political stage perhaps don't tell the story as strongly as we would like. So... All of these things are opportunities for us as an industry to get behind them and to just shout, shout really loud. And it's one of the reasons Sheffield Digital exists, is to shout about what's going on here in the city and in the city region. Fantastic. And so there's lots of other stuff that you've been up to since we last spoke. A whole a whole list. A whole list, yeah. So I thought, I mean, Chris and I go to a lot of meetings and uh, get consulted on a lot of things and are involved in various boards and so on. And it, that work is not very visible to the Sheffield Digital community at large because it's it's not the kind of thing you want to write a long blog post about. But I think it's important that you guys out there know the sorts of things that we're trying to do. So just as an example, recently, um, Chris went to the Sheffield Hallam University Industry Advisory Board for the Computer Science Department. So that's a group of industry people who go and talk to the uh, professors and the course leaders at Sheffield Hallam about what they're teaching the students and and what's going on there. Usually I go to that, but I wasn't able to, so Chris very kindly stood in for me. Similarly, Chris went along to uh, Grant Thornton's new uh, head office opening. They've redone that building next to City Hall on Barker's Pool. It looks very, very swanky and nice. Um, And it's great that Chris could go along and represent for us digital people. There was also a People.Chef Universal Credit Summit, which you've probably seen quite a bit of about on Slack and on Twitter, um, which Chris went along to. I don't know what's happened there, but we can get Chris to tell us more about that perhaps next podcast. Um, I was at the economy.chef meeting, which was a couple of weeks ago. Again, just being there to represent digital businesses in the city um, and make sure that 
our role in the uh, growth of the economy was being noticed. Um, I've also been to a meeting down in Bristol recently of the national tech clusters. So that's all the organisations like Sheffield Digital from around the country, from Bristol and from Brighton and from Manchester and from Newcastle and from Hull and from Lancashire and all over. And we get together just to share what's going on. And what I'm finding really interesting is is the group as a whole is starting to become a kind of a lobbying organisation its own right for the digital industries in the regions, so not in London. And we have are hoping, fingers crossed, that our next meeting will actually be at 10 Downing Street. Um, and quite who we'll meet with, I'm not sure. I don't think any of us are sure at this stage. Um, but the fact that we can actually get through the door at Downing Street, I think, is really important. Um, and... Lastly, I went earlier this week to take part in the Sheffield Growth Board, which is a board convened by this, the council that is made up of different business leaders and different representatives of different areas of the council, again, to talk about how do we grow Sheffield's economy and what are the challenges there. And I got the opportunity to give an update on the digital sector, just five minutes where I could bring everyone up to speed on some of the things that are going on. And having the opportunity to talk to that kind of group of people, I think is very valuable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was there and uh, I'm hopeful that some information that I sent to them afterwards will get shared as well. So that's all, all goes into the promote, represent part of what Sheffield Digital is all about. And I think it's important that you guys out there in podcast land know what we're doing. Absolutely. It's quite hard to put all that into a sort of succinct blog post, isn't it? But it's, it's, it's important to know that it's going on. Yeah. Um, uh, events, events and meetups, our usual section. So, we have on the 5th of March, which uh, if you're listening to this, is going to be really soon, or in the past. I think it's going to be really soon. I'm really, not, really soon, like not, today. <laughs> yes. Um, we have the Cooper Sessions Fireside Chat. Um, uh, this is the second one of those, um, and it is, I've forgotten his name, but it's the director from Human. Nick Bax. That's right. Yeah, that will be really good. Yep. So uh, have a look for that. So .NET Chef is also on the same day. Uh, Go Sheffield is on the 7th. Sheffield Data for Good and Dark Peak Data Cooperative. They are two separate things. On the 9th, Sheffield Ruby User, Cru user Group on the, on the 11th. On the 12th, 12th, it's Dev Chef. That's quite hard to say. Uh, Code Up Sheffield on the 13th. Sheffield DevOps on the 14th. Um, on the 18th, it's Chef Tech Leadership. Sheffield Women in Tech on the 19th of March. Uh, the Cooper Sessions Lunch and Learn on the 21st and Sheffield PHP on the 21st too. The Sheffield Digital Showcase, which Chris was talking about earlier on the 21st and Deeper Than Blue BAF2. I don't know what that is, but that's on the 22nd of March. And then on the 28th of March, this is a late edition, um, there's going to be an event that's being led by a company called Toby Dynavox. They're based in Sheffield Tech Parts and they are specialists in eye tracking technology. The team here in Sheffield are mainly involved in eye tracking for assistive devices, but they also um, have teams in, oh gosh, Scandinavia, one of the Scandinavian countries, my apologies for not being clear on which one, um, who do stuff to do with eye tracking for marketing and all that kind of thing. So they're running an event where they're going to bring a bunch of their people and a bunch of their kit over and talk about 
all the different ways that you can use eye tracking technology um, to support your business or your product or your platform. And you'll also get an opportunity to play with some of the kit. So if this is something that you're using at the moment and you want to find out more from some experts, it's worth coming along. If it's something that you know nothing at all about, but you'd like to find out more and explore whether you could use it in your line of work, then again, please come along. Um, That's listed on the Sheffield Digital Calendar and you can sign up on Eventbrite from there. Brilliant. Um, And there's more. Yep, on the 29th, Collider have their last Friday club and it's their last one in Barker's Pool before they relocate to Castle House. So they've been told... Not the, it, last, not the last Friday club, just the last one. At- just the last one at Barker's Pool House. So it will continue to be on last Fridays, but after March, it will be in the shiny new Castle House place, which is exciting. Very exciting. And uh- then... Last but not least, um, as Chris sort of very briefly mentioned, the Sheffield Digital Festival, which is the brainchild of field design and which Sheffield Digital is very happy to collaborate on and support with, will be on Friday the 17th of May. It will be an afternoon event that runs into the evening. At this stage, I have nothing more to tell you other than put that date in your diary because you're going to want to be there. And it will be at Collider at their new event space called Co-Host uh, which should be truly awesome. Uh, so watch this space. More details soon. Exciting. There's lots of stuff going on. Feel, you can feel it, can't you? I can. There's a, a, I don't know, something in the air. Indeed. I think it's the new studio. <laughs> um, and finally, membership updates. So a couple of uh, three thank yous, actually. So individual members who have signed up um, since we last podcasted, uh, Lewis James and JP Archer. So thank you to uh, you two. And uh, on the company front, we've had IDAC sign up, which is great. It is great. Thank you very much, IDAC. And also a little thank you from me to all the people who are very kindly renewing or updating their subscriptions as a result of me following you up and saying, our system didn't do what it was supposed to do. And so your renewal didn't work. I really appreciate your patience and uh, your prompt response. Thank you. And, um, and that's it. If you want to subscribe to the show, then that's a very sensible thing to do. You can do that uh, in uh, Apple Podcasts or whichever particular app that you use. Um, and you can find out more about the show on sheffield.digital slash podcast. We post all of, our, all of our episodes to the website too. So you can just listen in the browser if you would like and, uh, and spread the word. We've hit 13,000 total downloads, which is good for a podcast that's a, a niche within a niche. That's really good. That's great. So we should set some kind of milestone and then break out the champagne. What do you reckon? It sounds all right. 13,001? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sounds good to me. And lastly, another thank you to Rebel Base Media for allowing us to use their very awesome podcasting studio, which I can say is... Uh, Fantastic. And I want to stay here and record loads of stuff. Indeed. But you can't because I need some time alone to work out how to give myself a round of applause. (laughs) Hey. Yay, we did it. Thank you. Thank you. 